Good evening and welcome to this week's edition of the Hooligan Report. My name's SM and with me as always I have Cookson along. Very surprising weekend, but a good one nonetheless. How are we all? And for the first time along we have Jats. Good weekend as well. <laughs> <laughs> Common theme for you boys. Uh, we also have Masked Magician along. How are we? Not too bad. Okay, boys. Uh, World Cup's done and dusted, so it's time to jump into some Premier League previews. Uh, the reason we've got Jats and Master Magician along, uh, they support Leicester and Burnley, respectively. Uh, but we might start with QPR, the team that won the playoff final, um, and talk about their chances going forward for this season ahead. So, some first thoughts from you guys? Well, they've got Rio Ferdinand, so they have a decent defender, who's albeit a bit old and slow. But, yeah, I mean, they have a varied side. They're probably going to get relegated back down, in my opinion, as they just probably lack quality, but can you ever really know? They do have Joey Barton, who's liable to do something crazy. Yeah, I mean, I can't remember, I can't forget his last game in the Premier League, I suppose, which was, oh, actually, sorry, it wasn't even his last game in the Premier League, it was, um, oh, actually, it might just about have been when he got sent off against Man City, because I think he went out on loan the next season. Yeah, he did. So, went to Arsenal. Yeah, so uh, he went out with some, um, on good terms, so it'd be good to see him back in, hopefully. Uh, what, what are your thoughts, Jats? You probably saw them a bit more than we did last season. Yeah, I did. Um, I can see them going one of two ways. I can see them either failing really badly, or I can see them doing quite well. They're um, they're approaching the season similarly to the way they did previously, in that they're looking at some older stars. They don't seem to be quite as expensive. Um, I mean, like last time around, they paid a lot of money for Chris Samber. Rio Ferdinand's obviously not on as much, and he does have experience. Um, so similar, similar type of thing, but. Maybe not to the same extent, um, and I'm sure having experience around the place can't hurt. So um, I, I think they should stay up. I was quite staggered to read that um, Remy is taking a pay cut to go to Liverpool, and I think that says it all. That he was on what seventy thousand a week at QPR, which is just ridiculous money for a what then Championship club. Yeah, it was interesting. Um, at the time, it, would, it seemed like it should be a good deal because he's obviously a very good player, and they probably would have thought that they, he could have helped him stay up, but. Um, yeah, like most of the, the squad that year, they uh, they failed pretty badly. So I think they'll be pleased to get him off the books, to be honest, because that's they're seriously high wages for a club that's just coming up. Yeah. Oh yeah, you'd, you'd hope that they've pretty much cleared out most of the high wage earners uh, at the club from their last day in the Premier League, and can hopefully get some young talent in. I I managed to get some thoughts from both um, Nutstar and Bilk, the kind of resident QPR supporters on the forum, and. They're both pretty excited about the signing of Steve Corker because I think, like you say, they've kind of gone about it the same way as last time with a guy like Rio Ferdinand, but Corker's quite different in that he's quite a young player. He looked quite good for um, Cardiff last season, uh, and he, he's more of a promising sort who could actually do quite well for them and, and start the season in the right way. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. Well, what are your thoughts, um, Master Magician? I really like UPR this season, to be honest. I think uh, the money... I think they've got a bit of money to splash over the coming weeks and uh, just before the, the lead-up to the season. I think they're a bit shallow up forward, though. They've got uh, Charlie Austin, uh, one yeah. an ex-Burnley ex boy. He's looking all right, but I don't know. I think they'll be all right. They've got experience from Ferdinand, so I'm liking the look of them this season. No, no you just watch. Charlie Austin will do his knee about three games in and he'll be out <laughs> for the season. It's just, you, it's, just it's bound to happen. 
failed medicals to left, right, and center. <laughs> yes, yeah, I'll tell you that right now. Yeah. Um, how do you guys see uh, Harry Redknapp's chances at lasting the season at QPR? Um, I think with promoted clubs, generally you see them go one of two ways. Either you get someone like a Steve Bruce who manages to last the season because the club does quite well, or you get a Crystal Palace who will start the season quite poorly, and they might you know, step on the throttle and actually do something quite early on. Yeah, look, I like Harry Redknapp as a manager, to be honest. He, even at Tottenham, I remember the time he took him to the... Champions League, he, I don't know, he's got something about him and a bit of presence that I reckon a club like QPR, they need, and I reckon the players will bond with him, so I think he'll be alright, I think he'll see it out to the, to the season, to be honest, I don't think he'll get sacked, so. Uh, how about yourself, Cookson? Well, he survived last season, did, well, the season before did Harry, I mean, he seems quite popular down there. I mean, it's generally a real risk I can see him leaving that job is if Roy Hodgson gets sacked. <laughs> and that's not yeah. likely. Fernandez doesn't seem like a sacking guy, but... Well, it did, it, did, it did strike me that in this situation, it's probably more likely that Redknapp would walk than be sacked, necessarily. I mean, yeah. like, like you guys are saying, I think Redknapp's got the, the presence that a club like QPR could really rely on. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I um, I actually read something during the week that had mentioned that he, um, if QPR hadn't been promoted last season, he was actually going to retire. Um, yeah, I think I read that, yeah. So, yeah, it looks to be, I mean, this is probably going to be his last club by the sounds of it. Mm-hmm. I think he'll benefit from the fact that he's, unlike last time where he took over with 15 games to go or whatever, he's going to have a full pre-season with the squad, and he's had the squad for a couple of years now. So I think, yeah, I think he'll do well. Um. Yeah, based on the fact that it's probably his last club, he probably wants to go out with a bang, I imagine. Mm. Well, in in asking um, Nutstar and, and Bilk whether they had a chance of uh, knocking off one of the big clubs, they've both gone with Chelsea. So I think it'd be interesting to see how they go against those big clubs because from memory, the last time they were up, they did pretty well against Chelsea as well. I think both games at um, Loftus Road, they might have got a result from memory. I think one, they got a win. Uh, yeah. And they one, they might have got a draw. They won at Loftus Road, I think. Um, yeah. Was that the game where Terry got accused of um, vilifying uh, Anton Ferdinand? Yeah, it was. I think so, yeah. yeah. From memory? Yeah, so yeah. They, they do like their games against Chelsea. Yeah, it's a big, big London rivalry. It's um, yeah. certainly a pretty good game. Yeah, so it, no, it'd be good seeing that. I, I had the chance to visit Loftus Road uh, when I was in England over the summer, and it is quite a quaint little ground, so it kind of... I guess with Fulham going down, it's good to get another sort of smaller London club coming back up um, to give the little, you know, flashbacks to the 80s, I suppose. Uh, were there any final thoughts on QPR? Where do we reckon, where do we see them finishing? Um, I think we're mainly saying that they're looking a decent chance to stay up. Uh, maybe around that 15th range? Yeah, I'd say anywhere from 10th to 15th. Yeah, probably 15th max. I really see them only getting that high. I'll have them from about 15th to 17th, I reckon. Yeah. Yeah, I'll probably say, yeah, about 15th to 17th as well myself. I think they've got a pretty solid squad and they're going about summer so far the right way. Um, not too inspired by Ferdinand, but Corker looks pretty good. Um, a club that hasn't perhaps gone about it as well as QPR so far, I'd say, would be uh, Burnley, uh, who haven't been too inspiring in, in terms of their summer purchases so far to strengthen a pretty weak squad on the whole, I'd say. How do you guys see Burnley's chances of staying up? 
Probably not that high. To be honest, I mean, I don't really know much about Burnley, but... We'll see what, see what Mask Magician has yeah. to say, I suppose. Look, uh, we're a struggling club. We, we haven't got much money, in it, especially in the Premier League, to compete. We're uh, way out of our bounds, but I think what we've tried to do is get some experience, some Premier League experience, over this summer. And I'm not too sure about, about our chances. I'd rate us as probably the favourites to get relegated or finish on the bottom of the ladder, to be honest. But... Um, who knows? We'll see with a couple couple of weeks. Hopefully, we can get a maybe a, a splash of money here or there that we got for being promoted. But I'm not very optimistic, to be honest. Who, who do you rate as your um, best signing to date? Because obviously, you've signed a lot of players from you know the lower championship, and some you know got Michael Kitely back, who I know was with you last time you were up. Yeah. Uh, who, who, who do you reckon see as sort of the best signing so far? Well, I really like. Uh, as you touched on Kitely, we, we had him on loan last season, and he, from uh, Stoke City, and he did all right, so we've got him on a permanent, and I really, really like what he's done last season. I like uh, Sordell from Bolton, he's a young striker, he's, uh, hopefully he gets a, gets a chance with a, with a pretty shallow forward line. Um, Stephen Reid and Matthew Taylor, a couple of EPL names there, but yeah, nothing, nothing to, to run home about really. And how do you see uh, Sean Dyke's chances of seeing out the season? Because I think, Jats, you touched on maybe a week or so ago that he does like to get into the media and complain about the funds available to mm. him. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you see maybe the owners might run out of patience in, in regards to that? I don't think so, mate. Uh, he just signed a, another deal to a contract extension, so okay. I don't think I don't think he'll, uh, he'll leave. Um, and last time when we were in the Premier League, I don't know if you remember, we had a... Owen Coyle managing managing us. That's right, yeah. And halfway through the season, he left. So that's the only way I reckon he'll go. I don't think we'll um we'll lose patience with him. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, I think last year he did particularly well. He um take nothing away from Burnley, but I don't think they were one of the favourites to go up last year. Um, so to do it on what was essentially a smaller budget for the championship, I think that was a great effort. Um. Especially, yeah. um, especially after losing Charlie Austin, I think a lot of people might have expected when you lose your star striker, sort of how people are predicting with Liverpool, uh, when you lose your star striker that you're going to struggle a bit. They unearthed things and folks. Yeah, agreed. And they they came on in leaps and bounds. It was um, it was yeah, very unfortunate to see folks go down with the the ACL in one of the last games of the season. It was um, yeah, disappointing end to what's been a great well, what had been a great season for them. I think yeah. Uh, unlike some of the other clubs, they, they're going to struggle to um, spend, but they got a pretty tight squad. Um, mm-hmm. If they can kind of stick together, they might be able to squeeze 18, uh, 17th. Um, I wouldn't have thought so, but who knows? Yeah, I think in some ways Burnley do remind me a little bit of um, us going up in the sense that everyone wrote us off, and that's why I've sort of bit my tongue a bit on writing off Burnley because... It's very easy to sort of dismiss the clubs that come straight up from the championship to say they'll go right back down. But if you keep the squad together, if you keep that sort of tight squad together, yeah. you know the players can be better than the sum of their abilities. I suppose that's one thing we do. We have got going for us the stability, and the players do know each other and play with each other all season. So the core, the starting eleven, the core of the team, uh, it's pretty familiar with each other. So I think that's a that's a positive we can take into the season. As far as quality is concerned, I'm not too sure if we are if we're going to be able to match it per se, but we'll see. Do you, how do you rate Ings' chances of um, 
kind of pushing himself up as a Premier League quality player. I mean, he obviously led your line quite well with folks last season, um, and now we'll have yeah. to do it probably with a new partnership, maybe with Barnes or someone like that. Um, how do you see him going this year? Well, I was having a bit of a joke around saying that uh, he'd be the best talent. He'd uh, he'd be the best talent since Wayne Rooney, but that's a bit of a joke. But <laughs> I think he, he's definitely our, our best player um, this season. Last season he was with Vokes most of the season. They worked off each other, but him going down with the ACL really throws a spanner spanner in the works. So I'm not sure how he'll go with the closer attention. I, I still think he's head and shoulders better than anyone else in the squad we've got. So I think he'll I think he'll do all right actually. How's folks coming along, Masked Magician? Did, did you know he's tracking from his injury? Well, I think he did it in uh, in March, and yep. ACLs, as you know, six to twelve months. So I think he's he's going all right, but I uh, I wouldn't expect to see him before Christmas, to be honest. I think I said in one of the threads, I'm, I'm quite surprised with um, the Lars surgery being used quite often now in in the AFL, where, that it's not even touched upon as an option in the in the EPL. Mm. When you think that it's mm. such a big money industry and you know you want to get your players back as soon as possible mm. whether it's just I don't know whether it's that the ACL injuries are to different ligaments mm. football versus AFL whether it impacts players in different ways I'm not sure but it's, I'd be interested in finding out the reason you know whether why Lars works in AFL but doesn't seem to get looked at in um, other sports I think it's banned or oh really or, yeah banned or some Germans just said we really don't recommend it and mm. Everyone just listens to Germans, I guess. But surely, I mean, I mean, unless it's actually been banned, surely they look at you know other instances where it's been used in sports, like in the AFL, and and look at the results with guys like Nick Malczewski, obviously doing quite well. Um, and from my point of view, even if it doesn't work too well, you're not really being set back that much because what's the turnaround from, from a Lars? It's only about two or three months, isn't it? Versus the six to twelve. Um, you know, if you redo it, then okay, you go back and you do a traditional, and you're out back another three months or something. It's not a huge difference. Yeah, I wonder, and I don't know for a fact, but I wonder whether the movement in football is a little bit different as well. Yeah. Maybe the stability in the Lars doesn't hold up as well with uh, kind of the movement in football. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's just a guess, but yeah. yeah. Because, for instance, I know for one of our players, Cameron Stewart, uh, did his ACL, I think it was either just before or just after your, your mob put in a bid for him, Jats, and... Um, he was looking quite promising before he did that and came back a shadow of his player and he's now off to Charlton or somewhere, or Ipswich, I believe. Um, so you could be quite right that it's just that the different sort of movements can really impact players quite differently uh, with ACL injury. Um, apart from Ings, Master Magician, who do you reckon's the sort of the player to watch out for for Burnley, for us who don't really know your squad as well? I reckon the right back, his name's Kieran Trippier. We got him from Man City three or four years ago and he's a young player and I'll, he gets up the field he likes to attack he's a, he's got a good whip on him so I think he, he's one to look out for also in, in the guts Scotty Arfield another young player or youngish player who's who uh, runs around in there so I think they're two names we'll get to get to know over the coming the coming season ok good stuff um, we'll move on then to, to Leicester so Jats' favourite topic um, Jats' How do you see you guys going this year? Yeah, I'd like to say, well, um, we obviously came up very strongly through the championship, winning it with the 31 wins from 46 games. So I'd like to say that the squad is still um, it's still pretty 
together. We haven't really sold too much. We've let go of some uh, dead wood. Mm. Um, yeah, I'd say, I optimistically, I'd like to say about 15th. I could, yeah, hopefully not relegated. <laughs> I think, like, at the end of the day, most promoted clubs will say that they'd settle for 17th. I think first season back up, you just want that, you know, stabilising season. You stay up and then you can kind of launch from there. Yeah, absolutely agree. It's um, The owners kind of come out and said that they want to be an established Premier League team. And I think to start with the first season, it's all about um, kind of establishing yourself and, and not getting relegated. So, um, look, we'll, we'll go out and try and win all the games we play. I, yeah, I don't think the goals will be set too high this season. I imagine it will be to avoid relegation. Um, one question I did want to ask is who you see as being your top scorer out of the players on your books at the moment because obviously in recent days there's been a bit of news about bids for uh, Troy Deeney and you've just signed, oh, I can't even pronounce his name, Uroa from Brighton. Um, obviously you've got David Nugent as well and Chris Wood on your books. Um, who do you see sort of being the goal scorer of the team? Yeah, it's an interesting one. Um, Nugent was top scorer last season but that was on the back of a lot of penalties. Um, so I think 10 or 12 goals of his were penalties. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a difficult one. Yuloa is very good in the air. Um, and with the signing of Albrighton from Villa uh, and Mares on the other wing, you'll get some good delivery coming in. Um, the other one I'd suggest possibly is Vardy. Vardy's he's 26-27 now, but he's, um, he's lightning quick. And there's... Yeah, number of times last season where he kind of took the opposition a little bit by surprise with just how quick he was. So if they don't pay enough attention to him, he can score quite a few goals as well. He's a brilliant finisher, um, and if given the opportunity, he should score a few as well. Yeah, I actually, like you said, um, Albrighton, I actually rate Albrighton as probably your most impressive signing so far, maybe barring uh, are being signed in the last day or so, because I quite liked um, the way Albrighton looked at Villa, and so I was quite surprised to see him See them letting him go. Yeah, I don't. I don't think they had too much of a say in it, to be honest. I think he was pretty keen to get out of it. I don't know why, but he was pretty keen to get out of Villa. Um, well, the way they're tracking, maybe you know, just rats deserting a sinking ship, maybe. Yeah, possibly. <laughs> get uh-huh. away from Roy Keane before he cracks shits. <laughs> yeah, it's. I'm, yeah, I'm pretty excited by him. There's, we're just going through the squad at the moment, and it, we're not even 100 percent sure he'll start first game anyway. Um, with Knockhart on the wing and Mares on the other wing, he's definitely not a certain starter, but it's it's a good problem to have to have a bit of depth in the wing areas. Um, and I reckon all three of them, all Brighton's probably a little bit more one-sided, but the other two, uh, Mares and Knockhart, seem to roam around the pitch a little bit more. So they've given the same freedom. There's no reason why three of them can't play in the same team. Probably wouldn't do it with um, playing against like a Chelsea or a City or anything. But against some of the the lower Premier League sides, we could see all three play. Like um, perhaps a Man United or someone like that. Yeah, like a Man United. <laughs> <laughs> so on that top, uh, Cookson, what are your thoughts on um, Leicester's season? Well, I mean, they got. They probably. I reckon they might. I reckon they'll probably survive. I mean, they probably got more of a solid defence than other relegation teams. They've got a decent goalkeeper, in my opinion, and. Yeah, I mean, they got Albrighton and Mahrez, so they have probably some pace down the wings, which will come in handy against some teams. Yeah, and they've also got a lot of ex-United players in, which is always quite handy. Yeah, Pearson, Nigel Pearson seems to like his um, ex-United players. Did it, yeah. say, did it with us as well. He does, he certainly does. Um, last year, 
And Danny Drinkwater is the one to keep an eye out on for the, for the upcoming Premier League season as well. He completed more passes uh, than anyone else in the championship by a long stretch last season. So he and Matty James in the centre of midfield uh, work re- very well together, um, both United, ex-United juniors. So, yeah, definitely the case. We've just signed um, Jack Barmby as well from, from United. I mention him. Um, very curious to see how... Uh, presumably he'll be more of a depth-slash-future prospect. I don't, I don't really see him starting that much for you. No, he's, he's lining up with the development squad for right. next season. Um, there's, there was another one, I can't think of the name off the top of my head, but there was another one we signed just two days ago as well, uh, who was actually United, who's lining up in the Lewis development Lewis Rowley. That's the one. Um, yeah, so he's definitely got a, a thing for United Juniors, which I'm not totally against, to be honest. After seeing how well they performed last season, um, yeah, I'm happy to go with them. Well, it's the same for us. I mean, we got James Chester and um, Robbie Brady from United for very, very small fees, and they've both become, you know, almost cemented onto the team at the moment. So Pearson does seem to have a good eye for um, United talent, which is which is always a good thing, I think. We'll give you Ashley Young for, like, £10. <laughs> uh, you can keep him. <laughs> got we'll have Albright. <laughs> yeah. um, who, who do you reckon is probably... Um, if they have a big season for you guys, and hypothetically you go down, who could you see moving on for a, a big money transfer? Uh, I'd say Mares. Um, we, we got him pretty cheap from French second division, uh, similar to Knockart, but he's unlike Knockart, he's lightning quick. Uh, Knockart's a bit slower. Mares is lightning quick, and his delivery through crosses um, is second to none as well as his, his shooting ability is quite good as well. He had a couple of screamers in the back end of last season. So, um, yeah, I, I would say if we were to go down, he'd probably be the one looked at the most. All right. Apart, you... apart from that, maybe Liam Moore as well. I know Fulham were interested in him halfway through last season. He's a, he's a centre-back for a, a homegrown centre-back for Leicester lad. And he's, um, he's coming on in leaps and bounds as well. So there's a bit of talk that he'll end up playing for England, which uh, hopefully he continues down that path and he's good enough to do so. Yeah, I think yeah. I've seen a bit of banter between um, a Leicester supporter I know on a different forum saying that Liam Moore's got more um, promise than Curtis Davies in terms of being a centre-back for England. So obviously Davies is a lot older. But, um, yeah, I've heard some good things about him, so it'll be interesting to see how he goes. Um, in terms of the Cups, do Masked Magician, I didn't get a chance to ask you when we were talking about Burnley, but do either of you guys see your clubs putting any sort of priority, not priority, but any sort of focus on the Cups? Uh, I don't think Burnley will uh, will go too deep in, in any Cups, to be honest. We we haven't really had a good run over, over the last couple of seasons, and I don't think that'll continue, to be honest. Yeah, I'd agree. Um, I think it'll a lot will depend on our draw as well. If we... If we draw a big club first up, I think you'd find that we'd probably probably play a weakened squad. If we play a lower lower ranked club, then we might give it a fair crack. But I don't. Yeah, I wouldn't say it's getting too far. I think the main priority is definitely, and I'm sure Mass Magician would agree, is definitely the league. Yeah. Um, so even though a cup run is good, you don't want that taking away from potentially staying up. Especially for us, we haven't got a very uh, a very big squad, so more games would. We'll wouldn't do us too well, I don't think so. Yeah, yeah, agreed. I just it'll be curious to see how they how they go because obviously with um, Hull making the final last year, you wonder whether some of, it might inspire some of the smaller Premier League clubs to actually give it a go. Like Villa, who we'll go on to talk about now, um, with Lambert resting 
most of their players in the FA Cup last year, uh, last year. I don't think the supporters were too happy. Um, how do you see Villa's chances of staying up, guys? Well, it depends on Benteke, really. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's, what, that's what I think as well, yeah. He's fit. Probably stay up. And probably if Ron Vlark and bring his World Cup form. I mean, those two are probably the key players for Villa, I would say. The thing with Villa, I see, is that they're very reminiscent of Fulham last year in the sense that they seem to have a lot of older players who've been in the Premier League for quite a while now and might not have that same hunger to fight against relegation. Yeah, I disagree with that. I think, um, I know when Lambert first came in, he actually cleaned out a lot of the older players. And in that first season, they was, they got real close to relegation and it was based on the fact that they had a very young squad. Um, and he, he seems to be, he's probably not quite as bad as that first season. He's got a few more established players in. But I think they're still a relatively young squad. Well, I don't know. They've, they've just brought in Senderos and Joe Cole, Kieran Richardson. They've got Darren Bent and Nick Bonlahor. Just a lot of, you're all right. Like, I, I do agree that they do have quite a lot of young, promising players, but there does seem to be a bit of that sort of older, I don't know, I could be right. They just seem to, to remind me a little bit of Fulham. Yeah. Level. No, I think you're right. I think, I, I wonder whether, because of the youth that he played and how much they struggled, whether he's, or, I don't know, he's pulling the strings of Villa, whether the owner is or not, but whether they're, um, just trying to get some more established heads in the place, because they did a, they, he did do a pretty big clean out a couple of seasons ago, and whether they thought they maybe didn't have enough leadership or, or older heads, I guess, around the squad, and have now kind of, um, yeah, bought older players. Those those older guys, you can't see them doing much. Um, Senderos is bang average. Um, Joe Cole's... I, I always love Joe Cole, but he's done as a player as well. Um, they, they'll play, but I, if they have an impact on, on any games, I'd be very surprised. Yeah. Um, who do you guys sort of see as their more, more excited? Obviously, we've got Christian Benteke hopefully coming back from injury and doing quite well, but... The other one that I quite like the look of at, um, at Villa would be Bakuna, who looked quite promising towards the end of last season. And um, Delph, in, Delph in midfield is probably the two players that I've got my eye on. Yep, and for Aussies, for the Asian Cup, we have Chris Hurd too, which again could be important for the Asian Cup. It's always very good to have. Hopefully he'll get a bit of game time. He was playing a bit last season, was he? Um, a couple of, couple of seasons ago he was... He was getting a look in. I remember he scored a goal. Uh, might have been a header, I think. It was about two seasons ago, and he was getting regular first-team time. But then he's just sort of fallen off the map a bit. So hopefully he can get, get involved again this yeah. season. Because was, was it him or Curtis Good who re- withdrew from the... Um, is it Good who's the Australian at Newcastle? or? Yeah, yeah Good's yeah. the one at Newcastle. Who, which, which of them was the one that withdrew from the Australia squad because of personal issues? Was it Heard? I know one of them kind of took a step back from the international scene to sort of focus on their club career, but I well, can't remember I think that was good, actually. Yeah, I can't. Yeah, so hopefully he's um, a bit more keen to play for Australia um, these days. But, but yeah, a bit more game time probably be, probably be a good thing. Was he at Villa last season, or was he out in loan? Uh, well, that's no. that's a good question. He was at Villa. I think he was at Villa. Okay. Yeah, he was at Villa. Um, doesn't look like he. Let's have a quick look. 13, 14, uh, yeah, thirteen, fourteen. He only made two appearances. I think he, he might have been injured. I think. Right. Yeah, I think actually I do remember he had some personal. I'm pretty sure they gave him an extended absence of leave. Yeah. In, um, in March 2014, indefinitely for personal reasons. Yeah. 
Yeah, that should say leave of absence as well. Um, yeah, I think he actually missed a whole lot of the season for personal reasons, which could explain the two appearances. Right. I haven't heard whether he's... I assume he's back, but, yeah, I haven't heard anything regarding that. Yeah, well, hopefully, you know, best wishes to him, and hopefully he's he's past all of that now and can, can get his head in the game. If, if, if he can, I mean, hopefully the issues aren't too serious that he'll have to step away for much longer. Um... Now, Paul Lambert, uh, we were talking about just before in terms of um, their difficulties in his first season in charge. He's almost about favourite manager to be sacked first, I reckon, if they start poorly, because the sense that I've been getting from Villa fans is that they've been waiting for an investment from the owners, which hasn't come, and they're operating on a bit of a shoestring budget at the moment. Um, how did you see his chances of staying out the season? Not good, I mean... He'll probably going to be sacked first. Yeah. I mean, that's it coming in. You got Roy Keane as number two, so there's going to be an inevitable shit fight coming. <laughs> yeah. Well, Lambert's, is Lambert Scottish? Yeah. They have a bit of an Irish Scottish stoush. Which could be interesting. They were just like the old firm derby. Yeah. <laughs> just more localised in one place. Do we see yeah. Keane being brought in as almost a bit like when Mullenstein was brought in at Fulham under um, names gone out of my head now who was their manager at the start of last season Martin Yol that's the one um, it's almost it, it, he's there to support Lambert but it's almost like a show of no confidence that Lambert can't do the job on his own instead I, yeah. I hope for Villa's sake it's not the case um, I think Lambert's in a bit of a an interesting position at the club at the moment He's had a couple of seasons there, and they're not really going up. And they're uh, even this season, you can't really say that they're they're sure things to avoid relegation. Um, so it's going to come to a point, and a lot has to do with the owners as well. I know uh, Randy Lerner, I think it is, was trying to sell the club, and there wasn't anyone interested to buy it. So he's trying to get out, but there's no one to to come in, um, which doesn't help Lambert at all. But I think the fans are starting to get a little bit frustrated with where the team's at. Um, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see Lambert go. I think, like you said, he brought in a lot of young players and cleaned out a lot of the older players a few seasons ago, and I think there's a lot of optimism that give him a few seasons and the players a bit of time to gel, but they'd actually kind of shoot up the table, I suppose, a bit like Southampton have done, and it just hasn't really happened. So, yeah, I can't, I can't see um, Lambert staying out the season. Um, the only manager that I think could be more of a chance to get sacked first than Lambert is West Brom's manager... Um, Alan Irvine, who's just been plugged from absolutely nowhere to uh, to manage a Premier League club from the, I think, Everton Youth Academy. Uh, how do you guys see West Brom's season shaping up? Probably not good. When you've, got a, when you've got a player like Lescott who signs and 28, allegedly 28, 28 days later complaining about uh, a lack of signings, um, I think that kind of sums it up, doesn't it? I mean, they've signed uh, Wisdom from Liverpool in the last few days, which looks a bit promising, but when you've got a strike force being led by Victor and Nietzsche um <laughs> So Nietzsche and that's... Ferrahino, I think, is their only promising player. He's the only one that I could really see. Oh, maybe and Sessegnon looked pretty good when he was at Sunderland. Yeah, he's dirty, yeah. spilled. Yeah, getting a bit old. Hey, so you guys, who, who do you guys reckon... Um, his favourites to go down, probably Burnley or, or West Brom. Maybe I don't know. I, I see West Brom as a pretty weak squad overall, to be honest. Yeah, probably West Brom. I mean, they just just look at them and they just 
I mean, the line on the team just does not inspire any confidence or hope. Seems kind of just very dull and bland. Yeah, I think I, I'd have Burnley above West Brom. I think Dyche is a better manager than uh, Irvine, Irvine is. I think Irvine could be the luckiest bloke in Buddy England at the moment, <laughs> having just taken over a Premier League club out of nowhere. It's got a little bit of that whole Leeds United feel to it, that one. Um, yeah, I, I would suggest... I. Yeah, I can't see them staying up. I just don't think there's enough quality in the squad. I, yeah, I just, I just can't understand. Like, you just look at their squad, and it just doesn't seem to be any position. I mean, maybe their keepers look okay, but there's no other position really where they look like they have much of any sort of quality. Yeah, in good news for the club, actually, I did just read that Ben Foster signed a new four-year deal with them, so yeah, that, that's that. something. Um, I'd say, yeah, I guess they'd be the strongest position, which is... um Yeah, I was going to say he's probably their best player. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I mean, and they've got Myhill in um, in reserve there, who's also a pretty decent keeper, which I remember fondly from his days at Hull. But um, apart from apart from those two, I mean, bloody Jolly and Lescott signing for them still boils my blood that we were so close to signing him. And he's he's buggered off to West Brom just because Irvine's there. You know, Buddy's back in the day from when, when Lescott was at Everton. But... You, you almost wonder whether Irvine was brought in just to just to lure Lescott across. Well, I'd be surprised if Lescott. Um, you were talking before about how Lescott was uh, potentially unhappy with the lack of signings. I'd be very surprised if he was. I, I'm sure he must know. He's been around a long time. He would know that West Brom probably aren't going to sign that many players, and they're not going to sign uh, top quality players either. Um, I'd say that's a media beat up, but yeah, Lescott is a good signing for them. It should help yeah. them. I mean, does his forehead count as another player? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, with someone like Lescott, I think when you compare Lescott, for instance, to Ferdinand signing for QPR, Lescott's definitely much more promising of the pair because he he's what thirty two, so he's a few years younger and and could be that you know experienced head. Like you say, on one hand, of course, I want to believe that he's disgruntled and wants to leave, but he does strike me as a sort who's much more. Um, Playing football for the game's sake rather than chasing a few quid, he seems to be much more focused on the game. Um, Why do you go to City? Oh, we we did tweet evidence supporters about that and said that he went there to win trophies. So I think you can perhaps defend him for that reason. But you can't blame players, I guess, for chasing success. On one hand, I mean, they got to do what's right by them. I think that's happening more and more with City. It's becoming less about the money. Yes, I mean the money doesn't hurt. But you're looking at players like Clichy and Sagner and that, and even Nasri, um, kind of going across because they believe they've got a better chance of winning a trophy. I'm starting to think it, it changed from um, like when the Robinho came across to City. That was that was all about the money. Whereas nowadays it seems to be. I mean, Sagner was a great servant for Arsenal, and he's still a very good player. But he's looking at it and thinking that City are more likely to win a trophy now, and that's at the end of the day, that's what they play football for. I, I agree with that. When they first were taken over, it was all about a bit of a circus, I guess, and it was all about money and just splash money. But I think as, as, they've, as they've become, you know, more stable and respectable as a team, I think, you know, as you said, Sanger, Zabaleta's the right back and probably one of the best in the world, and he's probably going there to sit on the bench. But the lure of, of trophies is great enough now. I reckon so. And he'll and he'll get game time in the Champions League, you'd assume, because 
I think Senya's been brought in to rotate with Zabaleta, basically, and give Zabaleta a rest during the championship, Champions League games, I should say. Um, you know, whether that means that Senya will play Premier League games and Zabaleta will play Champions League or vice versa. Yeah. But as you say, yeah, it gives him a chance to participate and, you know, potentially win a few trophies. Another mm. thing, too, why is Manchester City signing all of Arsenal? <laughs> basically, Arsenal's been their feeder for a few years now, haven't they? It's like North, Northern Arsenal, Blue Arsenal. <laughs> You're surprised the Fabregas didn't end up at City. <laughs> um, give, so, it, give, it, give it a couple more weeks yeah. uh, So I guess just in closing guys Of the five clubs we've talked about this week um, Who do you think is probably the most likely to stay up? Love to say Leicester I was going to say try to take some personal bias out of it <laughs> <laughs> I'll, Yeah I'll, I'll say out of the four I think yeah taking away from my bias yeah. Out of the four I'd suggest probably QPR I think um, they've got the most balanced squad um, they've got some funds still if they need to uh, to purchase anyone. If Redknapp feels he needs to strengthen in area, any areas, he's got the ability to do that. Um, yeah, I'd suggest they're probably the best chance to stay up. I, I can see a, an Aston Villa going into January all over the shop, as I can see West Brom, but I can see them then spending and getting themselves out of the out of the dirt. So I think those two teams may just be fighting for one spot to stay up. Yep. I reckon it depends on Benteke. Yeah. If Benteke is fit, Villa stay up. If he's injured, bye bye Villa. I still <laughs> like Gabby Abongahol though, so I know, I think they can, I think they can cover that. I know he's, he's head and shoulders better than anyone in that team, but still, I think they're, they're better than Westbond, in my opinion. And I think I'll, I'll please Jats and say that I think Leicester are probably the best chance of, um, finishing above the rest, because I think, They've got a very strong squad, and, and that winning mentality, as you said, what was it, 31 of 46 games won, um, you breed success, and success breeds success, and I think the players were going into the season quite confident. And I think you've got a quite tough start to the season, but you look at Cardiff last season, beat Man City at home in the second game of the season, so I think that confidence brought about by promotion can do wonders for squads. Yeah, it's, it's hard to say. It's... um. Yeah, I'd like to think that no one... I don't think anyone expects much from us for the, from the first five. We've got... We start with Everton at home, and then uh, I think it's away to Chelsea, and then Arsenal, away to Stoke, and then United as well. So it's a, it's a tough five games. If we can get through that with um, even if three points from those five games or something like that, I think it puts us in good stead for the rest of the season. Absolutely. Um, what are Burnley's first five games, Master Edition? I think uh, you've got Chelsea first up, which is a nice welcome back to the Premier League, which we experienced last season. Um, who have you got after Chelsea? Jim? Yeah, we got. Yeah, we got Chelsea first at the at the den, which will at the den at the, at Turf Moor, and then uh, I'm just I'm struggling to to think off the top of my head who we got after that. Uh, I think it's I think we got Swansea next. Swansea away, and then is it Man United at home? Yeah, United at home. That's um, right. And then Palace away. That's right. And then Sunderland at home. So you've got a, an okay start to the season, I suppose. Yeah, a couple of wins on the board, maybe. Not even looking for, past the first game, to be honest with you. Yeah. But, uh, just good to be back, I suppose. Yeah, great to be back and hopefully take a, gotta, gotta use turf more as a, a massive spring box, you, you know, to, through the season, so, he's hoping. He's hoping. Um, any final thoughts, boys? Bring on the season. Can't yep. wait, ten years out. It's good to be back. Oh yeah. It's great to be back. Where we belong. Absolutely. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Hopefully, hopefully, um, 
a happy set of happy set of uh, supporters come the end of the season with everyone staying up. Uh, so that's I think that's all for this week. Thanks very much well, for uh, for joining us up. this week, boys. Thanks for having us. Transfers. Transfers. You want to touch quickly on yep. transfers? Uh, anything? Oh, I suppose we've got to talk about it very quickly. We'll talk about James Rodriguez. Yeah. Off to Real Madrid. Madrid. Yep, they found another sixty-two million just underneath the couch. <laughs> I think I saw some stat that they've had the last five um, record-breaking transfers as well, which is just yeah. ridiculous. Crazy. Everyone's going to be playing them on the And Leicester breaking their transfer <laughs> record for Troy Deeney soon enough, Jets? Oh, I, I hope not. We, we've got <laughs> the funds, but I really hope not. Yeah. Don't um, rate him that well. Who, who's Burnley yeah. looking at signing uh, Mass Magician? We're, I think we're pretty much closed up shop. I read something, uh, a romantic Stephen Fletcher deal back to, back to Turf Moor, but I don't think that'll happen, so. <laughs> okay. But, but yeah, nothing much. I think we're almost, almost done, I reckon. And we've also lost Patrice Evra, a valiant fighter for <laughs> racism worldwide. He's, he's just chasing the A-League All-Stars games, mate. Yeah. He, he will be missed. <laughs> uh, and who, are you, who are you looking to bring in as, um, back up to shore in that case? I don't know, apparently it's Daily Blind. Through the youth, is there? Yep. Yeah. I think just because Van Hal wants him because he can play defensive midfielder and right back. Or left back, sorry. So, yeah, and apparently we're signing, according to one newspaper, Matt Summers for 16 million pounds. Uh, or 16 million I think euros. Pigs will probably fly first. Yep, I'm just, I hope they're fired. <laughs> you did that. I mean, you'd get probably half of him for 16 million, but you have to decide which half. I mean, do you go for the left foot or the right foot? It's a tough choice. But yeah, and the away kit has been unveiled, which looks very meh. Yeah, I think it's pretty hard to um, go wrong with an all-white strip, really, isn't it? I'm still against that Chevrolet logo, but um, I know I'm probably in the minority on that one. I like 70 million. Yeah. Exactly. Need the money. You need the money. And so apparently Frank Lampard is finalising his move to New York FC via Melbourne City FC. Melbourne, I was about to ask, is that in any way being confirmed soon, do we reckon? I'm a, so. I'm a huge Melbourne City supporter, well, Melbourne Heart formerly, so I'll be absolutely wrapped with that if he comes. I'm not yeah. sure. Not sure if... Uh, I think we'll get something in maybe the, by the end of this week, maybe tomorrow or Friday, hear something about it. But I think if he does come here... It will be probably a loan to about January, and then ship off to New New York. And just touching on the A League, what do we think of uh, Wellington's win today over the Hammers? Well, pre season, but I think it says yeah. a bit. I think Newcastle yeah. did so well against Sydney. Well, I think that's. They, I mean, you can't read too much into pre season, but at the same time, you know, they're still you know two sets of eleven players going out, and they're relatively similar stage of their pre season, I would suspect. Did Liverpool um, lose to someone? Travel from West Ham as well. Yeah, West Ham yeah. come from England. Wellington's obviously not, not travelled too far, so that may have played a part. But um, it didn't seem to affect Newcastle too bad, so who knows? Yeah, I'm liking the A-League standard this year. Only 10 teams, so a lot of the dead wood is getting squeezed out, and I think you'll find the quality of players across the whole squad is improving, which which is a good thing, I guess. Absolutely. Yep. It's hopefully we can get some good players to start with our German breeding program. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, okay, well, on that note, boys, uh, thanks very much for, for joining me. I think that was 
very informative uh, podcast uh, previewing those five teams. Uh, we'll be back next week to preview the potential title contenders in Liverpool, Arsenal, Chelsea, Man City, and, and Man United, and Burnley, <laughs> and Burnley again, uh, and probably Man United. We'll squeeze them in. Uh, but until then, thanks very much for listening, uh, and we'll see you guys on the forums.